We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is the Sacramento Bees, Chris Biederman. And we're going to talk about the 49ers playing the weirdest game ever on Sunday. But before we do that, I want to let you know we're sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. Their brewery is located in Santa Rosa. You can go visit and you can drink beer there and you can hang out there. You can bring your dog. You can eat some really good food. They have good food trucks out there all the time. You can buy beer to go. You can buy beer there. And then once you go home, or if you can't make it to the brewery, you can visit cooperagebrewing.com. That's cooperagebrewing.com. You pull up to the website, you order a case of beer, and they'll ship it to you. You get cold beer on your doorstep. It's like packaged in this like bubble wrap foil stuff. Super cool. You get cold beer delivered to your doorstep. It is the single best way to acquire beer. I say that every time, and I mean it every single time. Maybe a little more sometimes, but never a little less. Cooper's Brewing, coopersbrewing.com. Drink a beer. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory! Kittle is gonna go! Touchdown! Bosa's got him, and a sack him back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. juxtaposition between busting out the SAT words early. The juxtaposition between the 49ers week 18 game last year and their week 18 game this year is wild. Because last year it was like they need to win and they they're winning in and if they lose they need the Saints and it was this whole big thing and they fell behind early and then they came back and it was this dramatic OT game. And this week, this week, they're going to, it doesn't, it's, they're playing the Cardinals who are starting David Blau at quarterback and DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to play And it's supposed to be JJ Watts last game, but now he just showed up on the injury report with a groin injury. And it feels like the Cardinals have just zero reason, zero interest in playing this game. And the 49ers are locked into at least the three seed. They get the two if they win. They can get the one if they win and the Eagles lose. There's just it the 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 pop for this week just 
is so different than what it was this time last year. Yeah, and I think there was something about the second half of last season that helped the 49ers a lot in the playoffs, right? Like they really had to scratch and claw just to get into the postseason, including that week 18 win they had over the Rams. And I think if you talk to the players, they would tell you that like playing in basically playoff level games during the second half of the regular season helped them get ready emotionally for for what the postseason would look like right like to have that to play with that certain edge for the last six weeks of the season or whatever it was the 49ers were playing with like that helped them against Dallas and it helped them against Green Bay and you see so often that teams that kind of back into the postseason don't play well in the postseason and and I think that there's a correlation there and that that's not true every time but I, I think you could even look back to 2019 when the 49ers had to go up and win in Seattle to get the number one seed like that mm-hmm. felt like a playoff game I was there in that building like the intensity of that game that, that was probably the most intense regular season game of the season because had the 49ers lost that game they would have been the five seed and they would have had to basically go on the road throughout the entirety of the playoffs Whereas mm-hmm. winning that game got them a bye and got them the two home playoff games that they had, that they had and ended up winning and going to the Super Bowl. Um, there isn't nearly that level of urgency going into this game. And I know Kyle Shanahan will never say it, but you know, there are a lot of factors that make this game, like you said, really weird. Like, say Minnesota, if Minnesota loses to Chicago and Nathan Peterman's starting, so Obviously, that's Minnesota should win that game. They should dominate that game. And and the Bears should actively be trying to lose to improve their draft pick. But weird things happen. Say Minnesota loses that game. Does Kyle Shanahan just decide, all right, I'm not really going to play any of our starters. I'm going to treat this like the third preseason game. Like that seems like a realistic possibility, because at that point, if the Vikings lose, the 49ers are assured the two seed. Um, maybe they start out playing starters in the first half, but then, you know, I'm sure somebody, whether it's in the front office or the coaching staff will be watching the Philadelphia giants and New York game intently. And Mm -hmm. if Philadelphia, they obviously have to win to get the number one seed. If they start rolling the giants who look like they're going to rest all of their starters, at that point is something communicated to the coaching staff and does Kyle Shanahan pull the starters off the field. Mm -hmm. Right. So there are a bunch of weird machinations. um, Not like not to, not to mention that depending on how the NFL resolves the bills, Bengals postponement, one of the solutions is wiping out the first round by and putting eight teams in the playoffs. And there being basically the only advantage of having the one seed is your championship game. You're hosting that. Can they, has that been actually talked about this year? Cause like, I don't know that they could actually add a eighth playoff team. It is. I think that's something the, that's been one of the, no, it's one of the solutions based on what Adam Schefter is saying, based on what Mike. Florio oh, really? Saying, okay. I haven't that seen that. That is something they're considering this year to take out the advantage of, or the disadvantage that the bills and Bengals would have by canceling that game. Right. The one seed, okay, you get to host it, but there's no buy in the in the mix. They could also just push everything, push the entire playoffs back a week, allow mm-hmm. the Bills and Bengals to play, and then get rid of the buy before the Super Bowl. 
They could. It sounds like, again, though, it sounds like, based on what Schefter is saying and based on what Florio is saying, that the league is not intending to play the Bills-Bengals game. Wow. Okay. Well, that would be that. That would be wild. Either way, thing finalized. But yeah, that that's man. It's such the, a cra- so, crazy situation. It is. It's 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 really wild. But I say that to say that what you're talking about with Shanahan taking guys off and you know saying okay, the Giants are up. I'm sorry, the Eagles are up thirty at the half. Hey, Bosa, you're done for the day. Debo, you're done for the day. Right. If Debo um, even plays. Yeah, right. I was, yeah, you're right. He might not even play. So I think that that all changes depending on like what, what the situation is. If the Niners find out that there's no buy with the one seed, they might just not even play guys to begin with. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, yeah, like Christian McCaffrey dealing with ankle and knee issues, right? Elijah Mitchell coming back off off any injury, they've opened his practice window. Like, is it really that important to play those guys? Like, obviously, you want to win the game. If you can get the one seed, then you do it. Obviously, Minnesota winning would force you to to play your starters, but um, and you do need to beat the Cardinals. But can you beat the Cardinals with Ty Davis Price getting twenty touches? Right, like sure. Like the, it's kind of a. You know, we talk about momentum and maintaining that playoff level intensity, and I'm sure Kyle Shanahan will want to do it. But at some point, he might be faced with, like, all right, we we can beat the Cardinals with Ty Davis Price and Danny Gray getting a bunch of snaps, right? Like, can't we should be able to do that? But it's not necessarily a guarantee. And so, like, I'm just curious to see how hard Shanahan pushes, pushes in terms of like, all right, Christian McCaffrey is getting 40 snaps. You know, George Kittle's getting 50 snaps like, yeah, that, you know, that's that it's it's a tricky situation because you obviously want your guys healthy, but you also don't want something exceedingly stupid to happen, like losing one of your guys going into the playoffs, because we know like what makes the 49ers good is how many dudes that they have. A lot of dudes. They have a lot of dudes. And when they start losing dudes, it becomes more difficult for them to to win. So like in the playoffs, I mean. So that's it's a it like it's Sunday's going to be just a a very weird balancing act of like all right the Vikings beat the Bears in the early window the Eagles are probably going to roll the Giants cuz the Giants aren't going to play anybody although who knows like we don't know if Jalen Hurts is playing either right mm-hmm. so if Jalen Hurts sits then that game's become becomes a lot more interesting then it's like all right well you really need to keep your foot on the gas against the cardinals just in case Gardner Minshew starts and and you end up having a chance at the one seed so it is going to be a very very odd game on sunday from from that perspective i'm like less concerned about like what the game looks like and who plays well and who doesn't i'm just like you know who like what's kyle shanahan's mindset and how is he going into the game? Because you know he's going to – him and his staff have to create sort of scenarios or plans of action for every different scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Like Minnesota loses, we rest well, everybody. So that's why I'm a little bit surprised that the NFL had Minnesota kick off before the 49ers. Sure. Like the Niners and Eagles kicking off at the same time just always seem to make sense because the one seed's on the line. But that two and three seed swap – 
could be pretty significant as well. Yeah. So I was I was really surprised. That's a pretty significant advantage for the Niners. Yeah. But. It is. And and obviously the Packers Detroit game is a substantial substantial coup for Green Bay cuz you know, they'll know like what if they need to win or not <laughs> beforehand, right? Right. So cuz Seattle plays, who does Seattle play? The Rams? I think Seattle yes. plays the Rams. Yes, yeah, Seattle plays the Rams. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it was going to be it was going to be a weird weekend in general, but now throwing in this Bills Bengals um situation and the possible solutions to it, it could really just get super messy. And if you're adding an eight if they actually do go, yeah, we'll take eight playoff teams this year. That is just a <laughs> it's just such a wild like departure from from everything right and now you're getting into like deep ass tiebreakers because there's gonna be a bunch of eight and nine and nine and eight teams and all of a sudden that would bring washington back into the mix the durs the durs our guys <laughs> the durs durs bike yeah they're seven eight and one right now if they get to eight eight and one they'd obviously be ahead of any eight and nine teams it's 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 kind of funny because we were talking about what we were going to talk about with this game and there's just nothing from this game because we don't know who's going to play. DeAndre Hopkins is not playing. The Cardinals are not going to play Colt McCoy because they're going to need him for next year because Kyler Murray is going to be out because of his ACL. So the Cardinals are all but punting on this game. I think the Niners are favored by two touchdowns. By the way, uh, just reading the latest tweet from Florio is he's hearing from multiple sources there will be an owners' meeting on Friday regarding the AFC playoff seating issues. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. So that there was supposed to be a vote this afternoon, but I guess it didn't happen. Or I haven't. I've I've seen the report saying they're planning to vote, but I haven't seen any any reports on how that vote went. It might just be that the vote was to talk about it more on Friday. Right. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Voting on when to vote. <laughs> it's kind of what they're doing in the house right now. Am I right? Politics joke. Here we go. As of now, Kevin McCarthy has lost 10 times. I'm sure it'll be more by the time we listen to this. Listen to this podcast. Okay. Politic jokes over. Uh, yeah, I, I'm... I wish I had some analysis here, but I think the 49ers are probably going to win. I think they're probably going to win regardless of who plays for them. Not regardless, but realistically, who's actually going to suit up and play, I think they can win. And whether they win by 30 or win by one, it's probably not going to impact how I feel about them going into the postseason. The only thing that could happen on Sunday that's going to impact how I feel about them going into the playoffs is one, if they start everybody and get blown out. <laughs> if their defense just gets ran through again, then it would be like, oh, maybe the Raiders are onto something. I don't think that's going to happen. But if it did, that would be a concern for me. Two, the other thing is if somebody gets hurt. Right. And that's why I think exercising just extreme caution going into the game, not saying don't try to win, 
But if you're up two touchdowns at halftime and the Vikings won and the Eagles are up a bunch, then, you know, maybe then you you pull some guys. But even then, you're not going to be able to pull everybody. Like some people have to play. How much do you think Jed York would be willing to buy a Bears win over Minnesota in the early window? So like a $5 million win to the 49ers? Yeah. 10? Yeah, I think so. Just so that like if Minnesota wins, I would expect maybe like Josh Johnson to start. No. (laughs) I mean, I guess you could still technically be in line for the one seed, but like the issue, the issue with doing that is if you start Josh Johnson and you lose and the Eagles lose, you look real bad. Yeah, that's true. You have to try at least, but I think you're right though. If, if, if the Eagles go up 14, nothing and the, and, and the Vikings lose, I bet the Niners are like, pull the plug. Yeah. Like, they're going to give it as long as they think the Giants have a shot. And based on how the Eagles have played the last couple weeks, and based on the fact the Giants appear to be punting the game, I the Eagles are probably going to win by 50. So I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of... I think the overlap between... Uh, this is in the world where Minnesota loses. I think the overlap between the Niners being like, Oh, we have a chance to one seed and okay, pull everybody is going to be like really short. Do you know who the Giants backup quarterback is? It is. Hang on. Don't tell me. Their starter is Daniel Jones. Their backup is He played in the game. Is it Terod Taylor? Sure is. Oh. Nailed you win. It. Congratulations. Thank you. I'll pick up my prize later. Yeah, it's waiting for you at Cooperage. Oh, sweet. Thanks. Davis Webb is on the practice squad. Yes. Davis Webb still in the NFL somehow. So cute. Still Cal getting legend. Checks. Still getting checks. Him and Chase Garbers, two Cal legends just hanging out in the NFL. You got Matt Breida on the Giants. You got Richie James. Richie James, obviously. Kayvon Thibodeau. Right. Kayvon Thibodeau is good. He is good. He might not play. My guy, my guy, X McKinney. You loved Xavier McKinney. I did. I was a big X McKinney guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't think the Giants have a shot. I think the Giants have about as good of a shot as the Cardinals do. I tend to agree. I just, if, if Brian Dable somehow gets the Giants motivated to play the Eagles and then beat them, give them the coach of the year. That's probably sacrilege to say on a 49ers pod in a year where Kyle Shanahan's been awesome. But, I mean, come on. Some places on the internet have Kyle Shanahan as a betting favorite for coach of the year right now. Yeah, so I saw, I didn't see that he was a favorite, but I saw that he was a very close second. Yeah. If they win and they get the one seed, you have to vote for him. And if they get the one seed, I think if they get the one seed, I think Shanahan's coach of the year, and I think Purdy's rookie of the year. I know I like right. I know Brock, like Brock, results don't tangibly shouldn't tangibly affect the vote like that, but that's it I think it just would. 
would Brock Purdy winning rookie of the year be like the craziest? Where would it rank on all time improbable NFL things? Um, because it's not. Didn't the seven and nine Giants win the Super Bowl one year? Or sorry, nine and seven no, Giants? Nine and seven. Yeah, that was the year they beat the Niners. I mean, in terms but of that was, unlikeliness. But that, was Manning. that was his second one. Yeah, that's true. They've done that once. That's true. Be pretty unlikely. I feel like I feel like rookie of the year. If he wins the Super Bowl, it'd be the it'd be the craziest NFL story ever, right? It would surpass the twenty eight to three comeback. Yeah, it would be like pitching. Like you could pitch that script to like Disney or Hallmark or something, and they'd be like, "Nah." (laughs) It's like it's like the movie Invincible, but he's a quarterback that leads the Eagles to a Super Bowl, right? Because, yeah. like, even Nick Foles. Nick Foles had been in the league for a while and had some success. Like Tom Brady was picked 199 and was in his second year and honestly didn't do a lot. I think he threw one or two touchdowns the entire playoffs when they when they won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's overrated. He's a system quarterback. System quarterback. <laughs> system quarterback. <laughs> what has he done this year? <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> 46 or whatever. No, okay, I, I told you I had a take that I have transformed into an idea. Okay. Here. Not a take, just a, like a thought exercise. Okay. I love these. Yeah, I know you do. So I've got it. We've got it transferred to a, a couple different worlds here. So follow me. We're going to go to the world where the NFL pushes everything back a week. Okay. So the first, the first, the first seed gets two weeks off. Okay. Okay. The first seed is also going to very likely play the Cowboys in the first round. Or or Tom Brady in a box. You're getting one of those two teams. Okay? Yeah, winner of the 4-5 game, right? Right. Do you want that two weeks off and then hosting the Bucks slash Cowboys and then probably hosting the Eagles? Or would you rather be the three seed where you still get a week off because of the ever the playoffs being pushed back, then you host the Giants, and then you go to Minnesota. Well, okay, so hold on. I mean, if the Giant, if it's say it's just the standings right now, or what what we go into the playoffs with, yeah. If the Giants beat Minnesota, the one seed's playing the Giants in round two. No, no, no. They play the lowest seed, unless the Niners lose to yeah, the seven seed. You're getting you're getting ahead of yourself. Okay. If the Niners are the three seed, oh, if they're the three seed, okay, sorry. They would host the Giants in round one, right? And then you go to Minnesota. Okay. Or you can risk taking two weeks off and playing probably pretty rusty against Tom Brady or the Cowboys. Give me the two weeks. Hmm. Every time. Hmm. 10 times out of 10. Give me the two weeks because I know like, sure. Russ that's is a, a long thing. time. And that's a long time to not play football. Man. All of these guys, maybe not all of them, but I would say a vast majority of every roster has played in bowl games in college. Like they okay. like having a few weeks is not going to be like completely foreign territory for a majority of these guys. You get a couple extra weeks to get healthy 
But more importantly, you get another week to avoid losing anybody else to injury. Like you're automatically advancing. I take that no matter what. 10 times out of 10. Hmm. Marcellus Wiley was on the radio show I produce at 95.7 The Game in San Francisco. It's my job. I don't talk about it a lot. But he said that he went on a whole thing about how it's not rest versus rust. They're the same thing. Like you're inevitably going to be a little bit rusty regardless of how much time off you get. And like, I, 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 I don't necessarily buy that with the one week because we so often see the going to win. And that's usually because they're a one seed and they're you know a better team. But I think two weeks off might wind up being a detriment. Maybe, which is why I I don't I don't have a firm answer either way. It could be, but again, you're automatically advancing. That's one less game you have to play. Yeah, yeah. Unless you wind up losing in the divisional round. I mean, think about like Nick Bosa with an extra week of rest, right? Christian McCaffrey with an extra week of rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Elijah Mitchell, an extra week of rest and rehab. Same for Debo Samuel. Like, you know, sure. like uh, obviously and, and, you want to be in rhythm, but like having your guys well, healthy and fresh is is and I avoiding think, and avoiding sending your rookie quarterback on the road in the playoffs is probably the move. Yeah. And most importantly, too, like, you know, I know Nick mentioned this on this pod. They don't want to play any more games on artificial surfaces. Yeah, it's a good point. So. The only okay, I'm probably on that side of the fence. I'm probably on the one seat side of the fence now. The only scenario in which the 49ers play in artificial on artificial surface before the Super Bowl would be going to Minnesota. And the only way that happens is if mm. they're interesting. They're a seed below them. I think they're gonna be the two seed, and I think they're gonna be uh play the Packers. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a much more interesting game than we might have anticipated. Niners Packers. Yeah, or, I mean, yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Because like, oh, Niners Seattle, Niners Giants, Niners Detroit, Lions. like Lion, yeah, Washington, like they should probably roll over any of those teams. The Packers, well, Washington's out. Right, Washington's out. I just, I'm just talking about like the way we were talking about it the last few oh, weeks. Sure. Um, the Packers are, I know the Niners have played the Packers a lot, particularly in the playoffs and stuff. I would way rather play Seattle or Detroit. It's not even close. Yeah. Like get, I, I, I understand the bravado a 49ers fan has when it comes to facing Aaron Rodgers because they've kicked the crap out of him so many times. But if your choices of quarterbacks to face in the first round of the playoffs are Geno Smith, Jared Goff, or Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is going to the bottom of the list of guys I want to face. Especially especially because this is a very different Green Bay offense that is not just Devontae Adams reliant. And their defense, I think, is starting to play a little bit better. They have Kenny Clark, who's really good interior defensive lineman who can wreck a game. We've seen that blow up the Niners before. Like there are just, I think the Niners will win. I wouldn't pick against them, but of all the ways different teams could give them trouble. It's just like the, 
it's much easier to draw a path to the Packers being an issue than it is with Detroit or or Seattle. And the Packers sixty against Detroit. Yes, I would agree. And it would be like the shoe being on the other foot relative to like when the Niners played the Packers last year, right? Like we're t- like I mentioned mm, how impo- how important last year was in terms of like having to win all of those games just to get into the playoffs and how the 49ers were able to ride that momentum because they had, they've been used to playing with their backs against the wall. Man, November 27th, the Packers were 4 and 8 after losing to Philly. Yeah, dude. And they looked like crap. And now they've won four in a row. They're probably going to win five in a row. And, you know, they scored 41 points on, or no, sorry, that was at home against Minnesota. But still, 41 points against the vaunted, formerly two-seeded Vikings. (laughs) But like, and I know the offense hasn't been what it was, but like, you know, the Packers were favorite favored as the home team against the Niners last year mm-hmm. and the Niners would be favored as the home teams against the Packers this year. Like there's no reason to believe the Niners would just walk over the Packers. Yeah. Like that I'm, I'm hundred percent with you and that that would be the scariest possible match that they could have. I wouldn't pick against them, but if you were to have your druthers, you'd much rather play somebody not named Aaron Rodgers in the first round. They'd probably be favored by like, by like six against the Packers they'd be favored by probably a lot more than that against Detroit or Seattle. Yes. It might be even like four and a half or five against Packers. Yeah. Rodgers hasn't played great recently, just looking at his numbers. No, but he's been better. He's been better. But yeah, I mean, it's a thing. Packers have a better point differential than Minnesota, by the way. Like if you're, if you're a team, if you're an NBA team, and you're in the play-in tournament. Would you rather play the Warriors or the Timberwolves? Like even the Warriors, like terrible all season, can't win a road game, and you're hosting them, but you know Steph Curry's on the other side. And I'm not saying Aaron right. Rodgers is Steph Curry, but of of any but any quarterback analogous in this situation, like Aaron Rodgers is far more like Steph Curry than Jared Goff is, right? <laughs> Coming into your building, so. Even though there's no team in the NBA that has ownership over Steph Curry, like right. like the Niners do, the Packers, I still just wouldn't. You just would not want to face that guy. God, Rogers is 39. Can I? Yeah, dude, he's old as hell. Can I run a couple things past you? No offense to anybody who's over 39. He's he's old as hell in NFL years. 39 is not old. <laughs> what were the What were the names you you ripped on last week? John and Dale and Chad. God, if there's a 39-year-old Dale listening to this pod, he's... Oh, my God. He's, this, this pod is his Joker origin. Story. Yeah, he's he's planning on just ruining your life at some point. If I get... <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I get murdered in the next few days, look for a 39-year-old named Dale Chatter, <laughs> Uh Hey, I have a couple of fun stats. Okay. Minnesota's... N- Point differential is minus 19. Do you know what Tampa Bay is? is? My, I'm not allowed to look? No. No, you're not allowed to look. Well, I don't know what it is, but I know now because okay. I'm looking at it. 
minus 32. They have they are minus eight in net touchdowns. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have given up eight more touchdowns than they've scored. That's wild. <laughs> the Vikings. But hold on. The key difference here, Tampa Bay is eight and eight. Right. 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 I'm not I'm not comparing them. I just didn't realize how how subpar Tampa Bay was. The Vikings are 12 and four with a negative 19 point differential. Just they're baffles. That's four. probably the craziest stat of the season in my opinion. They're seven and four in the conference with a minus 45 point differential in the conference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. It's unbelievable. It's it is it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense. And they gave up 30 points in the first half to the Indianapolis Colts at home. Yes. That was an actual thing that happened. They still they won that game. All the credit to them, but like <laughs> Jesus. The 49ers have the best conference record in the NFL. See that? Nine and two. Do you think Nine there's anything two. to the notion that the Niners haven't been tested? Um, that was the Ray Rado right there. Um, yeah, I do. Like, I think. I mean, they haven't played anybody good since October. Right, and the last good team they played, they got smoked. Right. And they, yeah, they got smoked 44 to 23 against the Chiefs. So there's something to the idea that they haven't played anybody, but I don't think the 49ers are less good because of it. I just think, like, the, the, the reason why I think the 49ers have equity to so many people is because two of the last three seasons, they've gone on deep playoff runs with the same group. So, yeah, this group hasn't played anybody particularly good but like you remember in 2019 the whole first half of the season when they were undefeated the whole thing was like well the Niners haven't played anybody yet it was like well they're beating everybody soundly and they did end up being really good so that's that's kind of been my thing is like they've not quote-unquote played anybody but they're kicking the shit out of everybody they play for the most part save for right. the Raiders Right, like the Chargers game was probably closer than it should have been, but they handled business in that game. And they the Chargers blew... are a playoff team, FYI. Right, and they blew out the Cardinals in Mexico City. They shut out the Saints 13 nothing. Saints defense is underrated, in my opinion. Um, That's pretty good. They beat the Dolphins after losing their starting quarterback in the first quarter. They blew out the Buccaneers 37 to seven, or 35-7. to seven. Uh, they won on the road in Seattle in a game that was that should have been a two touchdown game, but it ended up being 21 13. The they blew out Washington. That game probably, I mean, the fact that that was a 17 point game feels a little like that. That felt like more of a blowout than that. And the 49ers, the 49ers. They, I mean, they've, they've played one close game, one really legitimately close game in the last two months. Yeah. And like, I think that's a credit to how good they are. Like, yeah, they haven't played anybody good in a while and they're going to have to be extra sharp in the postseason because obviously that's going to change. But because of what they've done in two of the last three years, I'm not like, you know, I don't think this is that Atlanta Hawks team. Sorry for another NBA reference. But remember that Atlanta Hawks team that was like really good during the regular season, like Mm -hmm. 
they had five yeah, all stars. The Mike Boonholzer Hawks. Yeah, the Mike Boonholzer Hawks. Like they're not the Mike Boonholzer Hawks who have been like completely untested and like haven't accomplished anything and don't right. deserve the benefit of the doubt. Like we knew coming into the season, the 49ers had arguably the best roster in the NFL. Sure. And we knew that they had gone through two long playoff runs in, in the last three seasons. So that to me is like, that is what gives them equity and credibility. But I do think it's fair to point out, like they haven't played anybody really good in, in a couple months, but with the exception of the Raiders game, they've just handled business in pretty dominant fashion. Yeah. And like, it's hard to win in the NFL. They've also, they've also done more to alter the bottom end of the NFC playoffs than like any other team. They beat the eight and eight Seahawks twice. They beat the seven, eight and one Washington team. They beat the seven and nine new Orleans saints. Like if all those games go the other way, the back end of the NFC playoff picture looks a lot different. And I know that's not that's not to say they played a bunch of like really good teams because they haven't, but I also don't think it's like they've been playing Arizona all year. Right. So I'm going through like Minnesota's schedule. Minnesota beat Buffalo in overtime in November in that super weird game. game The weirdest game of all time. Like, did we come out of that game thinking Minnesota was better than the Bills? No. No. So nice win for Minnesota, but right. And the one time they played a good team previously, they got blown out by Philadelphia in week two. So Mm -hmm. like. I don't know if if we want to do the game of like who's who's really been tested, who's been going through a bunch of just juggernaut NFC teams. I don't think that team exists in the conference. Uh, no, maybe Philly. I think it's Philly. Just because every probably Philly, it's just probably because... Philly who who lost it home to Taylor Heineke, by the way. Right. They beat Dallas. Then they lost to Dallas, although that was with Gardner Minshew. But there hasn't, there isn't like a team that like every juggernaut has lost to. Like there's yeah, no I clear. Did, I yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't. I thought the pushback against Philadelphia when they were nine and zero or whatever they were, they're just like, yeah, well, who are they play? Like, dude, when you're beating everybody, you're just better. Right. You're just good at that point. So I, I don't know. I, right. I'm interested. And, and it's not like the Niners have a bunch of nobodies. The Niners are loaded. They yeah. have a very good team. And like you said, they're in the NFC title game a year ago with largely the same roster. And now they have perhaps a more effective quarterback than the one they had. To get on their playoff run last year, they had to beat the eventual Super Bowl champions on their home field in week 18 in the do-or-die game. They went to Dallas, who they were underdogs against. They went to Green Bay, who they're underdogs against, and won both those games. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's... If we want to talk about, like, resumes, I think you have to include that, particularly when talking about teams like the Eagles or Vikings. It's like, okay, maybe they've had better wins this regular season by definition, but, like... And Niners have beaten everybody that's in front of them. So 
I don't know what you could really ask ask of them aside from playing better in October against the Chiefs. Yeah. So. Also, not losing to Denver and Chicago, but <laughs> extenuating circumstances. Sure. Yeah. They have a combined seven wins. <laughs> that is that is that is really wild that they lost those games in hindsight. Yeah. And again, the circumstances were weird. But so circumstances still. were weird. But yeah. It is why I will never ever better they beat Denver. I'm never ever holding a strong reaction to a result in September September and October again. No. Nope. So not gonna do it. Nope. Nope. I have nothing else to say about this weekend's game. Do you want to do a six pack? Yeah, Coop six pack. Let's go. I didn't get credit last week for our four-pack where I picked Jordan Mason. Congratulations. A touchdown. Thank Con- you. Congratulations. I don't know Very how many times you've picked him or wanted to pick him. Very good for my guy. Really, really happy for you. Wouldn't be a bad pick this week. I'm not going to take him from you because I know how badly. I Dude, I might take him first. Yeah, first overall. Uh, who picks first? You do. I think sure. I went first last week. Okay. Um, I'm just under the assumption that like the stars are not going to play. Like, I kind of think that. Keep in mind, RE Minnesota and Chicago, Nathan Peterman starting for the bears. That's true. Do you trust Minnesota to absolutely win that game? Yes, you do. Yes. Yes. What's the point spread? Enough that I think they're going to win by a lot. I uh, give me the points then. I will take. I will take all the points. We need an official betting sponsor so I can be like, yeah, according to X website, right? Uh, Bears Vikings point spread. Are you just? Get, I'm a loser who goes to an actual season. eight and a half. Give me the eight and a half. I'm taking the eight and a half. We will talk about this Sunday night when we record our pod. Great. Um. Can't wait to break it down. Taking taking the eight and a half there. All right. So again, I'm not going to pick the Bears to win, but I'm taking the points. Okay. I've got see. I see. I got seven and a half on BetRivers.com. BetRivers.com. Yeah. Shout out to BetRivers. I have never heard of that website, but cool. Um, I believe there's a chain of casinos called Rivers Casino. Just getting all sorts of free pub. Look at them. Yeah. If you want to happy for them. someone hit up someone from rivers, hit us up. Yeah. Hit up Kyle. Not me. <laughs> um, okay. So basically my, my approach to this six pack is to talk about guys who probably should play in this game because I don't know how much analysis we can give on like the stars that we talk about every damn week. Yeah. Um, so like I want to see Ty Davis price. I want to see what it looks like. So I'm going to pick Ty Davis price um, because I just think it's an opportunity for him to get the carries over a full game. And I think he's talented enough and he's, he's good enough in the limited carries that he's gotten to be like, you could probably win the game if Ty Davis price is getting 20 touches against Arizona with your defense, which should be pretty upset with the way it played last week. Right. So 
I'm going to go with Ty Davis price because I'm not hurrying Elijah Mitchell back just to play in this game. Um, Christian McCaffrey's banged up. I think he's probably your most important offensive player, not named Brock Purdy and you need to keep him healthy. Um, so you want to see what you got out of your third round pick. And I'm going to, I'm going to run him heavily on Sunday if it were up to me. So for similar reasons on the other side of the ball, I'm taking Drake Jackson. I think we're going to get a lot of Drake Jackson minutes and he had an interception last week. And I think he's going to play a lot. And this Cardinals team isn't very good. And it wouldn't surprise me if he came up with like a sack and a forced fumble or a couple sacks. Which is I, I I don't I don't think there's going to be a ton of motivation to play Nick Bosa like eighty percent of the snaps. I don't think so either. I like might only play Nick Bosa on third down. Like if the Vikings win and they have to win this game, I'm literally yeah. playing Bosa like twelve snaps and they're all coming on third downs. So the one so the the issue run into with that, and I meant to bring this up earlier, is if it's like yeah, hey, you're going to mostly have today off, and then it's close at the end. And it's like, hey, go play two consecutive series and you've played eight snaps all day and you're probably chilling. That would be my one concern with that. Sure. Yeah, I'm with you. It's such a weird game. It is the weirdest game. That's why all these picks are going to be weird. Yeah, such a weird game. Um, I'm going to take Talano Hufunga. Because. I discipline. I discipline. Tomiko Ryans was asked about Talano Hufunga in his press conference today on Thursday. And basically like flat out said his eye discipline has got to be better and he's got to take fewer chances and not be susceptible to getting beat deep because oftentimes as the safety in this system in particular, you are the last line of defense. You cannot, you cannot have your eyes in the backfield and be over aggressive and trying to play hero ball while leaving somebody wide open behind you and it goes for a touchdown um so i think hufanga i mean if if there's a weak link on this defense i just think it's safety in general and obviously hufanga's had a good year and made a lot of splash plays but he's been far too susceptible to giving up big plays and the 49ers defense is predicated on not giving up big plays and you know, the, the whole thing with them is like, if you want to dink and dunk us to death, we are going to eventually get off the field, right? Like your little four yard check down passes are only going to go, are only going to be successful for so long because you're not going to be able to get any explosives off us. You're not going to be able to play ahead of the chains. You're just going to have to dink and dunk and you're not going to beat us that way. Um, but that goes out the window of Talano Hufunga is not playing well in coverage. So um, I'm picking Ufunga mostly because I'm looking for him to not make any of those mistakes that he made that he's been making the last few weeks, because that could be the difference between the 49ers advancing in the playoffs or, or losing unexpectedly. Um, so that's, that's what I'm keeping my eye on when it comes to that for Sunday. Okay. I think one of the areas that's easy to take out starters and not lose a ton over the course of it, over over the course of a game, is wide receiver. So I think we're going to get a lot of Ray Ray McLeod. I would be pretty surprised if Debo plays, and if he does play, I'd be surprised if we got like a full workload in his first game back. I think that if they're going to pull guys, Brandon Ayuk is going to be a player that they take out to take some time off. 
And Raymond McLeod's been pretty involved even when everybody does play. So I think they're going to lean a little bit more on him, and I could see him making a couple of splash plays. I like it. Ray, Ray. And, and, and in the postseason, just to kind of spin this forward because I have some thoughts on this. In the postseason, that's when you're going to bust out like a wrinkle here and there that defenses just aren't quite ready for. Like there's things that Kyle Shanahan's doing over the last few weeks that are set up for like plays he's going to call in the playoffs. And I just, I think Ray Ray is an explosive enough athlete and a good enough playmaker that there's going to be a playoff wrinkle that involves him getting a big play. And we've seen that more be more prevalent late in the season. And I think it's going to continue in the playoffs. It's going to be like the play in Seattle where it was like a fake to McCaffrey and a fake to who, who went, who went, it was Ray Ray. Was it Ray Ray? So it's going to be like a fake to McCaffrey, a fake to Debo. George Kittle will be running the same route over the middle and he's going to be like double covered. And then McLeod will like run a wheel wheel route from the slot and be right. wide ass open. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Something, some, right. Yeah. Something like that where, yeah. where they just, they get Ray Ray just right. running by himself. Yeah. I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you on that. Um, all right. I'm coming for your neck again. You picked Ray Ray oh. McLeod. I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Dan, Dan Gray. Yes. Yes. Danny Gray. Just because, like, it's time. It's time to just... To, he to had a jet do... sweep last week. Yeah, he got a jet sweep last week. Clearly, there's something that, like happening at practice to where Kyle Shanahan feels more comfortable. He's giving him one touch. This is along the same lines of the tight end of his price pick. Like, give your guy some reps. Give him some targets. Throw him a bubble screen or two. Give him another end around or jet sweep or whatever it is. Like, just mm-hmm. try to get him going a little bit so at least he's in the back of opposing defensive coordinators minds when you're going into the playoffs because like that speed is real right like you have to you have to just do something to be like when when he's on the field make coordinators react or just have him be a wide open option who could go get you a 60 yard touchdown if if teams aren't paying attention to him yeah 100 percent. i was going to pick him for a lot of those reasons, but I went with Ray Ray because I've just seen it. Yeah. And at the rate I go, I would pick Danny Gray and then he wouldn't play. Right. There is some inherent risk in that for me. <laughs> uh, last pick, Jordan Mason, for obvious reasons. <laughs> One, I'm going with a bit. But two, I genuinely think that Shanahan is going to see it and he might use it, might use this game to do it give a ton of carries to Davis Price and Mason and just be like, hey, this is your tryout for playoff carries. Yeah, I wouldn't hate like, it. You're each going to get 15 touches. What do you do with them? What's it look like? My dream scenario is, I mean, I don't care so much about winning the six-pack every week, but just my dream scenario for this, Jordan Mason has a big game, and then we get a big blowout Eric Branch feature on why Jordan Mason wears one glove. (laughs) And like, we know how good Eric is at his job in terms of right. Like it would be incredible. I already know it. It'd be really good. Brancher like is in his Duffy the most when it's like an undrafted guy 
with a really good story that no one's really dove into yet. And they're like funny, quirky things about him. I could already see Brancher taught like why the one, why the one glove, why the, the celebration in uh, when you scored the touchdown against the Raiders, where it's like holding the ball up and all the histrionics with that. Like, I just, I can see it. Yeah. That star guy Brancher. One of my journalism professors said, forget forget writing you can learn how to write the best thing you can do as a journalist is be observant and branch has got that part nailed i can write too Hmm. no 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 no. that was the the writing part was just the first part of the quote i every everybody that's a professional can can write but yeah, just some of the some of the stories he comes up with are, are really good. Yeah. So. All right. So six packs hilarious. I want TDP. Uh, did, you want Drake yeah. Jackson. Yeah. I want Hufanga. You want Ray's McLeod. I want I Dan Ray's. Gray. And you want your guy, Jay Mason. JP Mays. My guy. They, they call him JP, right? That's his Twitter handle. Oh, got it. Okay. My guy Larry Kruger only calls him JP Mason. So, okay. Shouts to Larry Krugs. Krugs. He used to have a pod. No I used word. to go on his pod every once in a while. No word on whether uh, Nick Zakel has a nickname. Z Man. The Z. The Z. World War Z. No, that's Mike. Mike Zagaris is. I think he's the Z man. He's the uh, the photographer, longtime legendary photographers for the Niners. Great. Do you have anything um, else to say about this week? I don't. Other than it's going to be it's going to be weird, and it's supposed to be pouring rain. Yeah, just the weirdest. That's another reason to not play guys a lot. Yeah, but you do need to win. You do have to. You're very likely going to need to win. Yeah. Because the Vikings are going to cover the eight and a half. <laughs> They're not covering. They're going to win, but it's <laughs> it's going to be 10-10 in the fourth quarter of that game. I'm I'm telling you right, right now. And it's going to be the like, oh, Nathan Peterman. Right. Nathan Peterman on Sunday is going to play his way into another contract. <laughs> like, oh, there's the guy. I'm going to I'm going to go put my life savings on the Bears with the points. Eight and a half points at <laughs> eight and a half points at home to a team with a negative point differential. Come on, man. Come I on. Don't know. Justin Jefferson Just printing have, money. Justin Jefferson might have 400 yards. He didn't last week. I know. But the Packers are way better than the Bears. I know, I know. I, know. I just I didn't I I thought the Vikings I, would lose Jair last Alexander. week. I thought the Vikings would lose last week because I didn't trust them. I didn't think they would get blown out. Yeah. That what was it? 41 17 or whatever the final was. It, yeah. And it like wasn't that. that close. Yeah. Or 31 17. Yeah. They, they scored have a 14, negative. They scored 14 in the fourth quarter to make it only look like a little bit of a blowout. They have a negative point differential, and we're expecting them to go win a game on the road by more than. Yeah. By a nine divisional points. game on the road. A divisional game on the road by nine points. All about motivation, man. The Bears are trying to get to Cabo, and the Vikings are trying to get to seed. I guarantee you, everyone that's in that division that's not on the Vikings hates Kirk Cousins. 
That's probably a good point. That's a strong point. Hates Kirk Cousins. That's a strong point. So, yeah. All right. Anyway, let's get out of here. We'll do it. We'll get out of here. Uh, we we'll will talk to you guys right after the game. After the game, at some point, and we'll be able to talk playoffs. Yeah, unless something drastic happens, I don't think we'll probably talk a lot about the game. To be but, totally honest, we'll see. And and maybe a let's wait. Producing on air. Here we go. Let's wait until after the Sunday night game. Okay. Because then we'll know opponents and stuff. Okay. Well, we that might be a necessity if I'm driving back and we're in. Yeah, I've also yeah. Okay, that's fine. That's, that's it. We'll figure it out. All right. Okay. Very good. Thanks, guys. Subscribe, rate, and review. Do that. Cooper's Jacka. Cooper's Brewing. Cooper's Brewing. Shout out to Coop. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.